You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable Morgan Piner joins us in studio today. That's right. Top of the morning to you. Good morning. <laughs> I think she's a little punked out, Brandon. I'm not going to lie. What do you mean? She's like, sports, I got I, NC State football, but argh, usually I don't that, know where to go from there. That's kind of how I feel in the mornings when usually, I show up. Usually NC State football kind of ruins your street cred, but not this year. <laughs> the pack doing their thing. Yep. And now we've been talking for a month, and Morgan – I know that you listen to the show every single week without fail. Every There's no doubt. Week. We have been on a mission to find who the number two team in the ACC is. Who's the second best team? And there's been some support at, at one point for Duke, who's yeah. played themselves out of that. Miami, who still might be in the mix. NC State. But now, Dabo Sweeney's Clemson Tigers have Clemsoned again and you might be asking the question who's number one in the ACC mm-hmm. maybe it's not Clemson after all if Kelly Bryant doesn't get healthy they've got a problem B what do you think well I think Clemson would be just fine the Syracuse game is a trap game does anybody like doing anything in the carrier dome basketball <laughs> football it's just a tough place to play period <clears throat> um it was Clemson's time. They were due to kind of get beat. Your number one quarterback going out of the game does not help anything. And uh, it just looked like maybe Clemson kind of looked past them. You know, they got Georgia Tech coming up. And a lot of people across the country don't don't look at Georgia Tech like, ooh. But it's just because you don't know the style well, of football that they play. The Miami Hurricanes need to thank Mother Nature and the God of Rain because Georgia Tech had them beaten. And Georgia Tech was beating them up and down the field, and that monsoon came in and turned the track sloppy. And from there, Georgia Tech was really having a problem. They couldn't get that option turned up the field. And Miami escapes two weeks in a row. I really, really like Miami. I'm on the hurricane train, and if you're going to have one of those charmed seasons, you need to win ballgames like that. But, boy, Miami's doing it with smoke and mirrors right now. Here's a fun fact. You're talking about Syracuse. The Carrier Dome. Do you know who the Carrier Dome is named after? Mr. Carrier. Yep. Trent, any idea? No. Morgan. Not a clue. It's named after Carrier Air Conditioning. Nobody oh. even knows that. So it's like the most ineffective sponsorship deal. It probably cost them a gazillion dollars to get their name on that. Here's the irony. That's slightly better than the Yum Center. It, just slightly. You said AC? AC air conditioning. And it's cold. Well, here's the here's the rub. It is in in North New York, northern New York, as it were. Upstate. There's no air conditioning in the building. <laughs> well, 
I know, right? You know, I'm, not, I'm not making that up, I swear. And that was the beef from Clemson fans and other folks in small pockets was that part of the problem was their players were exhausted because they were so hot because there's no air conditioning in the Carrier Dome. And I had to look it up. I thought it would, couldn't be a real thing. There's no way. There is no air conditioning in the That's like having Chick-fil-A in your stadium and not serving it on the day of the NFL football. That's game. almost exactly the same thing. Yep. It's like getting fired on your day off. <laughs> I don't think it's like that, but that is funny. So Syracuse shocks the world, and Kelly Bryant may or may not be back in the immediate future because now, in addition to nursing the bad ankle, concussion, and who knows how long that can linger. Well, the good news is they're going into a bye week, so they have two weeks for him to get it right. True. bad news is it's against Georgia Tech. And it's going to take every bit of that two weeks to get ready. Chop blocks everybody that they play against. Oh, here we go. Wow. You sound like a Bengal fan talking about the Steelers and the holding. I don't know. I'm a disgruntled Carolina fan. And by the way, I did send a letter to the NCAA. I thought it was only appropriate that we vacate this football season. (laughs) (laughs) Self-imposed. I do. We're not going to beat this to death because it's old news at this point. But which was the bigger win? Was it the Syracuse Orangemen with that signature win? Biggest win in, the in you know, years for the Orange, who used to be a legit NCAA football program. Or is it the UNC legal team mm. with the beatdown on the NCAA lawyers? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to know who the bigger winner is, though. Because my, my belief is – the bigger winner in this situation is not the UNC basketball program. It's not the UNC football program. It's not anybody that has anything to do with the North Carolina Athletic Department. The big winner with this UNC law, oh, not lawsuit, but investigation is the UNC law school. Ooh. Yeah. Because you've got every kid in every high school that had designs on being a lawyer looking and being like, they do it right there. Did you see the uh, T-shirt design where it said NCAA, but it was the NC interlocking UNC logo? I have not seen that. Joe Ovius put that out. I think you I tweeted, tweeted it, it to Brandon. Trent. I should own one. Hey, what's up, Joe? We know you listen to the show and jack our stuff all the time. Now we're <laughs> turning around on so, you. So I think that it's not a big win for – uh, UNC per se, but this gives everyone else the script on how they need to Gee. go into an NCAA investigation. Didn't wait a minute. Oh, wait, 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 so wait, wait. It, the oh. big win is all the other programs out there. Hold oh, stop! You're trying to tell me that you just figured out that the rich guy with the high-powered attorneys can beat the system, <laughs> dude? OJ got acquitted. What are you talking about? Of course, that's the formula. Now, does every program have $18 million to throw at a, at a legal defense team? Don't you no. think Louisville has $18 million to Louisville put Louisville would take $100 million. <laughs> I saw a t-shirt the other day in brackets, and it said Louisville FBI winner. Yeah. FBI. Nice. Yeah. That was good. Nicely that was good. done. Well, look, hey, look, at the end of the day, even though Carolina outlawed the NCAA, what the NCAA did was follow follow their own bylaws, their own rules. Brandon, 
They did. I Brandon, mean, it's as this investigation as has gone on for four years. <laughs> and that's what some, no, it's gone on for more like seven. Four years. And at the end of it, we got the NCAA to say, we didn't have jurisdiction to prosecute anything against that in the first place. The, where they messed up, if the NCAA had just handed out a punishment, like just said, hey, we're taking, you know, some scholarships and a postseason ban. I'm not, yeah, a postseason ban. I think Carolina would have just taken it. But when they led with their own attorneys, that was the big mistake because then you engaged our attorneys, and that ain't ever going to work out for you. Okay, two things. First of all, it wasn't just that they led with their attorneys. Was it three different notices of allegations? Yeah. Okay, let me tell you, it was all about timing because you're absolutely spot on, and I agree 100% that if six months from now or if six months ago – or two years ago, the NCAA had said, hey, we're going to take two scholarships a year for a couple years. No postseason for you. You guys can self-impose, do whatever, and we'll we'll call it a wash. But no, they obviously were out for bear, and they wanted, you know, they were headhunting for UNC. But along the way, the Louisville Cardinals <laughs> saved your behinds. Yep. That's what happened. Because let me let, let's let's say this. If UNC over really something that the NCAA, we all have to admit, had no jurisdiction over. If the NCAA had come and taken scholarships, given the postseason ban, which is pretty standard practice, what are they going to do against Louisville? Well, I mean, the, 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 the series of allegations against Louisville are 50 times worse than some African American well, studies classes that may or may not have been real. I know, classes. and that's what's funny. I heard the um, somebody talking the other day that the formula for beating the NCAA is just whatever you're going to do wrong out there, just offer the same uh, same thing to your students. And I'm like, going, did you really make that comment? Because <laughs> offering a paper class to a student versus paying for statutory rape, do you, do you really think those things are the same in any way? I mean, give me a break. Well, wait a minute, because, look, there's a lot of young men at the house who might be looking across the spectrum and wondering, is Louisville going to offer that to everybody? I don't know. I, I know if I was the AD, I'd be on campus right now going up to every student telling them to go every easy <laughs> class that we offer. Immediately. We'll pay for it. Louisville. I, I honestly believe that there is some validity to just what I what I just said. Louisville, you're talking about commissioning hookers for players. Now you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars that have obviously changed hands that have been gone through the athletic department directly to these players. When you stack that up to a couple of nonsense classes, which we know every university in the country has in some form or fashion, if they came down with the hammer on UNC, Louisville had to get the death penalty. I really honestly believe that you have to look at it proportionally, and that had to have been part of the thought process. And you and I know, you in particular, have been clued in very, very tightly with what's going on with the investigation. Some of it we can't speak of. It's G14 classified. You know this wasn't the result that was out there 60 days ago. You admit that on the air. No, I knew some of the attorneys, and they were nervous. 
They were nervous about banners coming down. Yes. But and now was, we go from possibly losing a banner, scholarships, and all the rest of that to, eh, well, netting. The thing about it is what would have happened if they had given that verdict it had been tied up for two or three more years in the court system because we would have sued the NCAA and it would have just gone on forever until they would have come to some sort of common ground. But if Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, who led the charge on this investigation, can't find any smoking gun, then it couldn't be found because he had it out for us. I say again, OJ got acquitted. I mean, what really happened and whether there was guilt or not really has nothing to do with what the final verdict was. But I do want to know if Ezekiel Elliott has those UNC lawyers on the phone. Because if if they can't beat the NFL, nobody can. No, you're Good right. job, UNC. Your law school, top shelf. I will say this. It did hurt the fo- – we need to get off of Carolina. I appreciate you talking about it this much. But it did hurt our football team. Let's make no mistake. Negative recruiting, negative recruiting hurt our football squad. You know what hurts your football squad? <laughs> the fact that it's a basketball school. I think Morgan was about to defend me. Go ahead. No, that no, wasn't going to happen. I was just going to say what hurts you is getting caught. Or- <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Are you an NC State alum? I am. Okay. I am. Would you? Can you look me dead in the eye and tell me that you never took any sort of garbage class i can honestly say that that you never took one never took one you did go to so there's there's one of there's one of two things going on here either you're like a super overachiever or you're just a nerd oh i'm a nerd oh well there we go (laughs) um i was gonna say yeah i don't want to play poor pitiful but nc state is always the butt of the joke so they always have to play by the rules. If one thing is awry, somebody will call them out, and Carolina just gets away with it. Mm. Well, I will say something funny. <laughs> something funny that happened at the Canes game is anytime the opposing team has somebody sent to the penalty box, yeah. it flashes up on the jumbo. Cheaters never win. Oh. Now there's the NC State fans at the cheaters never win, except the Tar Heels. <laughs> you hear it. I did. Um, I was in class with some football players, and they were taking uh, theater classes. Nice, 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 which certainly wouldn't be a garbage class. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back, WDCC listeners, WBLZ Media. If you're with us on the internet, we love you too. You can get us on the iTunes uh, podcast app. Um, we, You may or may not still be able to get us on Google Play. I don't know what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. Any ideas? No idea. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not smart enough to get to the bottom of it. So, Trent, you're on it, buddy. Gotcha. I can barely figure out how to use Google. So, 
That's true story. You should actually, search it. Is, it's search Google thing. how to use Google. I got over the weekend. I got two new followers on Twitter. <laughs> well done. Ooh, fun. Well done. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I can't even begin to tell you. So, Morgan, all fair, you were telling me you did take some kind of week classes at NC State. Is that- um, I didn't take week classes. I remember <laughs> um, football and basketball players would take theater classes because they thought oh. it would be easy. Um, and the professors were always just as hard on them, and they hated it. Um, oh, and they were always like, I can't do that because coach says I have to go to study hall and this and that. And they were so strict about it. Yeah. I would imagine the players catch it even more hard because the professors, they're not dumb. They get it. They're like, oh, oh, you're here for the easy A, huh? Yeah, no. I can dig that. You want to name drop, tell any stories about C.J. Leslie or anybody that was there? C.J., no. It was uh... (laughs) a... Yeah, he he drove something kind of interesting in (laughs) college, didn't he? (laughs) Maybe. Um, it was Jay Smith. He's a sweetheart. Um, and Jordan Vandenberg. Yeah, 7'3 or something like that. Yeah, he would always try to, like, push my chair without me knowing with his long legs. Oh, wow. He yeah, was, was trying to – so he was trying to get your attention, right? Yeah, trying to get my attention. But I would look around and be like, who is it? Nobody's around me. But it was his, like, praying mantis legs from a mile away. <laughs> So, Morgan, you're in town yep. because you're in a little show at the Temple Theater here That's in right. about a week, right? Absolutely. Tell me about the show real quick. All right. That is Clue, the musical. So that's based off the board game, um, and it's real fun. I play the detective, which is not in the movie, so that's a new role. Um, and I'm a female playing a detective, and that's uh, a new Girl power. Yeah, All right. absolutely. And she's fun and quirky and... I love it. It's so much fun. So I understand that the detective actually doesn't appear in the first act. Is that correct? That's, that's correct, and that's my dream role. I was going to ask, <laughs> is that a cool thing, or are you like, oh, come on, I want to get out there? So there's two things to it, right? So um, love it because first act, don't need to be on stage. Come in, second act, take control of the entire show. Me, 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 wrap it up. I'm out. Um <laughs> But then, of course, in theater, they're like, oh, Morgan, so first act, um, you want to fly this in and out? Um, Can you put these props over here, run around in a sequin gown and do this? So I'm always working, but it is fun just to come in, second act, take control, and leave. Nice. So Sean Powell, who was with us last week, if if folks at home didn't listen, um, Sean plays Mr. Body. Absolutely, yeah. My favorite part about the show, I think, is that Sean is going to die 15 times. Oh, that is fun. Nice. So you take joy in that, too? Every night. Every night. Very good. Very good. Anything else you want to add about the show? Um, It is ridiculous and fun. Yeah, this is not Shakespeare. Don't look for anything deep. It is really just a fun, fun show. Got it. So if you want tickets for that, you can get them at templeshows.com or dial the Temple Theater box office at 919-774-4155. Show opens on October 19th, softly. And then uh, proper opening night is October 20th, and the show runs for three weeks. It'll be fun. You can come see uh, Morgan and seven of her best friends doing uh, ridiculous things, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Has there been any uh, mishaps with the props? Oh, not 
Really, they're really heavy, actually. Um, if you know Clue, it's like Miss White with the candlestick and so-and-so with the wrench. We have a real monkey wrench, and I'm 5'2 and a little person, so this monkey wrench, I have to pick it up and place it places, and you hear it go, kapow! It's so heavy. Nice. Come on, man. Can't the temple afford, like, a, a fake wrench? Um, we For want to be method, so... Oh! Just kidding. Keep it straight. Had you not taken paper classes and taken theater in college, you might know that, you Mr. Know what? UNC. I did, I did take some theater in college. <laughs> Trey, you took some theater, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well here's the situation. We're going to have to wait till the next segment, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pass. Stick around. It'll be worth it after the break. I promise. But NC State, Brandon, you've been saying all year, NC State's going to drop a game they're not supposed to drop. Mm-hmm. It was a trap game at Pittsburgh. And Pitt yep. gave them everything they could handle in the first half. But in the end, NC State did their thing. NC State now creeping in. They came in with 20 this week. Is that correct? Yeah. I can, they're, I, they're up to 16 this week. 16. The new polls came out this 16 morning. and are truly captains of their own destiny at this point. Somebody picked them as their sleeper this year. I can't remember. It was somebody in this room. Do you remember? You throw David? enough you throw enough at the wall, something's bound to stick. Oh, you're saying it was me. It might oh, have okay, been. cool. Just it checking. But NC State doing their thing. Miami still undefeated. It's cool. Now, Friday night, while David Kaplan and I were doing play by play for high school football, um, Clemson took that L at Syracuse and then Washington State rolled into Cal. I've never seen – Mike Leach is one of my favorite college football coaches. It's a fun system he runs, and he does some really cool stuff, and that offense generally is going to put a lot of points on the board. Whether or not his team's defense plays enough to keep him in the game is a completely different matter. I've never seen a Mike Leach team get dominated the way they did against Cal. Cal dismantled them. And that's a huge, huge, huge loss for the Pac-12 – what does this mean for the Pac-12 going forward? It means USC's their only hope of getting a playoff team, I think. Is, it, is, is USC even a, a real hope at this point? I mean, they're at number 11, one-loss team. Okay, who's on their resume that's supposed to impress me at this point? I mean, I'm just saying, do you have, have any hope after this last week? Yeah, that's they have some hope. I mean, TCU still got to play Oklahoma. Penn State's got their next three games are Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State, which are no slouches, right? Well, it's not, who, oh, you're talking about Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. So, I mean, I'm just looking at everybody in front of them. Clemson, they're kind of fragile going into Georgia Tech. Miami barely, I guess, made it out of Georgia Tech alive. So, I mean, I would say USC, both Washington and Washington State – took L's and dropped significantly down the poles. So right now I think it's the Pac-12 out because you got Clemson and um, Miami and NC State, I guess. Well, I, I think uh, at this point, I think at this point, unless something bananas happens, the ACC winner is going to be in. I think Clemson has sort of been the trailblazer. The ACC is kind of there. The SEC winner obviously is going to be there. There, there is talk. Well, can Georgia and Alabama, if they meet up in the in the SEC championship game, can both teams still go to the playoff? If they do, they need to blow up the whole playoff system. 
That would be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Why um, is that? Why is that stupid? Why is that stupid? I mean, if you've just seen Georgia and Alabama play, why are you resetting that so you can see it? You know, two games later, that's silly to me. Uh, well, didn't that happen a few years ago with Alabama and an LSU? And, it, like, and it, it was, was stupid the, when it happened. Wasn't now. a highly rated rematch. It, it was stupid when it happened then. But here's the here's the question: If um, you know, New England gets beat by the Bills in the first round of the NFL playoffs in the wild card round, should they play them again in the Super Bowl? No, I mean that's. What's the difference? I just think you gotta you gotta put the best teams in the country in the final four. And, and if, the best if, teams in the country can't lose in the last week of their season. Well, that's those not win, how the, those wins and losses have to mean something. Yeah, but I mean, in some ways, there's been times when a loss to a high ranked opponent can catapult you a little bit if the other if the other I guess people trying to vie for a spot gets in. How are you going to penalize Georgia if they go undefeated, get, by, get beat by number one Alabama at the end of the year and keep them out of a playoff? I don't I think, think that's it's penalizing. Ludicrous. You celebrate a great season, they won their division in the SEC and couldn't win their conference. If I had my druthers, it would be written into the playoff system, and if you didn't win your conference, you couldn't get in. And the team that would have hurt the most, and I was against it when it happened, is Ohio State. Ohio State gets into the playoffs last year, couldn't get into their conference championship. It was nonsense. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. If you want the playoff system to be a playoff system, it should start during conference play. And you say the best teams in the country. If we're just going to pick the best teams on paper, why even play the regular season? We could. Did anybody not know Alabama was the best team in the country when we came into this thing? I mean, everybody in the country had Alabama and Clemson at number one and number two, regardless of, you know, which one you preferred. So we could just fast forward through the entire season, go on, you know, the old NCAA football and EA sports and sim the season so that Clemson and Alabama can play and save everybody a lot of headache. Well, I mean, I think everyone fast forwarded Alabama into the playoffs anyways. Well, I mean, I think that's what we're trying to shake out now. I think because of the Clemson loss, we're trying to shake out the other three teams. I you got know? you, and I don't know how you can go into this and look when you've got five conferences filling four slots in the playoff and say, well, well. So if Clemson and conference. NC State have the same record at the end of the year and in the conference final, NC State beats Clemson. They can't. They play each other. Oh, they wouldn't be able to meet in the final? No. See, that's how much I don't pay attention to ACC football. You're missing out, it's garbage. Trent. You do realize you're, you're part of a sports show in ACC country. In the state of North Carolina. I mean, but theoretically, I understand what you're saying. The only problem I have with Chris's argument is if I'm Georgia and I'm I'm number two at the very end of the year and I play Alabama in the championship game, the best team in the NCAA right now, and I take a close loss and you're going to keep me out of the Final Four, I think that's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. And and how is it – Well, what happens if Alabama's only loss of the year was to Georgia at that? How do you keep Alabama out when they've been the best team all there? I agree. I think they should. Whoever wins that game, the other one shouldn't go to the playoffs. It shouldn't be a question because it's not about penalizing Georgia. It's about penalizing one of those teams that actually did what they were supposed to do and won their conference. But how, how would you have Georgia not make it in that sense and have, like, a USC in there? I don't know. We'll have to let and see how it unfolds. Morgan Piner, what's your, what are your thoughts? 
We talked right over top of you because we no, do that. You're fine. I was just like, no, the winner should go on. See, I'm not. Ar- it's like I'm not capitalism, that. dude. I'm not arguing with that. The winner should to, go on. You have to reward success. Mm, Chris, what no, are you drinking over there, man? Huh? Usually you make pretty good sense about sports. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So Diamond Dave Kaplan is over there. He'll make an appearance at some point, I'm sure. You're listening to From the Cheat Seats on WBCC, WBLC, and on the internet. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, Morgan Piner, and Diamond Dave Kaplan's in the house. And uh, during the break, Morgan, Morgan Piner was making fun of me because I... Time and Dave brought gifts. Yeah, yeah, he did. He brought us calendars, and what he brought us was the scenic almanac. And I read that as science. And Morgan made a joke at my expense, but she doesn't realize I'm dyslexic. So the thing is, I'm dyslexic too. And I saw this and had a. Take a second look at it. See, now we've twisted around because I was trying to make her feel guilty because I'm not really dyslexic. No! Oh! No. <laughs> but I did have to. I looked at it and I was like, oh, science almanac. And, and they all had a good laugh at my expense. <laughs> and if you pay very special attention at the Temple Theater, there is a letter inversion on one of the main products that was made for this particular show. And uh, it's what's crazy is that it hung in the window, and anybody that's out there will see that musical, include the musical, is spelled incorrectly. I blame Sheila Brewer. Sheila used to be our business manager, and she was the best proofreader ever. And now I'm over there all by myself, and on occasion I will screw something up. And I did. This banner hang hung for months, and nobody saw it. What's it Until say? just the other day, and somebody pointed it out. Greta Zanstra pointed it out, and she's like, really, dude? And what I'm like, it? nobody's going to notice. And she's like, everybody's going to notice. No, it's been hanging there. You've been walking past it for two months, and you didn't see it. What does it so say? I don't feel bad. It says muscial. M-U-S-C-I-A-L. I flipped the S in the, or the I in the C. And I'm truly dyslexic, so my brain just like makes words Bam. up. See, we're visual anyway. Yeah. We're visual. Chris, don't you feel bad about no. claiming that you were dyslexic? Yeah, I do. I know. I know. I was trying to be funny, and it, it blew up in my face, which happens quite honestly all the time. Yeah. So that's right what it is. Yeah. Don't worry. So dodgeball this weekend, um, I feel like 
nobody in here likes dodgeball because nobody played but me. Hmm. I, isn't that something? Hmm. All of you, there should be some guilt. <laughs> I'm looking around the table and I don't see near I, I enough guilt. I have zero guilt. See? Diamond Dave. Well, it's like but, a, I told Ken Britton, who ended up single-handedly <clears throat> winning it. that Literally. I, I left because I need to give somebody else a chance. I won, yeah. the, I won the first one. Me and you did, Chris. You know? We did. We Trent separated was, our team. Trent was sitting under a waterfall in the mountains somewhere. How was your trip? It was good. Very good. Very, yeah. very much needed. Very enjoyable. I think my wife and daughters enjoyed it a little bit more than me because I was uh, a little distracted on uh, some stupid sports stuff. But uh, You weren't really that, in the mountains on vacation, <laughs> not paying attention. Not literally in the mountains there, but the hotel time was, uh, yeah, that was that was Twitter time for me. Got Sorry. It. You, were you vacationing with David Kaplan with no. the waterfall? No, I was probably on the other end. He was probably closer to the ocean. I was, uh, I was up in the. Uh, I, I was. I went to, to a football game in Chapel Hill, actually. Oh, oh you could little. you couldn't give them away, huh? No, hey, actually, <laughs> actually, that's a hilarious story. So I have two tickets to every game, and we were picking up trash for the church uh, along Steelbridge Road ahead of our homecoming, and Brian Davis, a friend of mine who goes to church with me, said, "Hey." My wife won't go to the football game with me. Will you go? And, of course, my wife's there. She said, yeah, you ought to go with her. I'm like, wait a second. I ought to go with them? Are you sure about this? You know, because I don't get that pass all the time. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and he's not lying either. Yeah, I was like, that's cool because I was going to go dodgeball, but I'll go to the football game with you. And uh, and so, uh, <laughs> well, I had sass. It was a whole, whole schedule nightmare. It was a long day on Saturday. So he comes, picks me up. We go up there. I got my two tickets. I can't sell them. Of course not. I cannot sell them. I'm sitting here like, maybe we, we are talking about UNC football 2017. I know, but it's still Virginia, the oldest oh. rivalry in the South. I'm like, somebody's going to give me $20 for these two tickets. Face value is 55 a piece. I don't know. They're dreaming on that. But anyway, I couldn't sell them. And the guy was like, man, you give them to me. I'll sell. I'll try to sell them for $5 a piece. <laughs> You, you know the guys that move tickets. Yeah. He's like, but nobody's buying tickets, man. But but then, ironically, we get in there, and the crowd's pretty decent. It's not packed by any means of the imagination, but was it hold 60,000, Brandon? Something like that. So there was probably 48,000 there. And what happened next? <laughs> and then the game started, and everyone left. <laughs> no, no. Actually, they all stayed to the end. It was a competitive game. Um I was pretty pleased. The defense has definitely made progress. But uh, offensively, we're kind of rough right now. A couple I'll, runs were good, though. I'll say this. Uh, Keenan has a policy that you can't leave the game and come back in. For this season by itself, they should let us do that. Because you know what we're out in the parking lot doing right. is drinking our sorrows away. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that's also why you have a gazillion airplane bottles in your toilets. Yeah. Just a heads up. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because Brian said, you know what? Don't sell them. We might want to leave and come back. <laughs> we can get back in with your tickets. And I was like, no, that's not a bad idea. But we, we sat up there and drank lemonade and no airplane bottles for us. So Sure. <laughs> cool story. Morgan, you were in tech all week, so did you see any sports of um, any type? No, but of course I was backstage checking all the scores. Um, sorry, my little note sheet says UNC, one and six. Yikes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, 
is the title of this week's show when it goes to the internet, yeah. by the way. A student UNC, one in six. Yikes. I like that. David, you weren't here yet, but I said that North Carolina could, should vacate their football season this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think they have. I'm not sure. But... Yeah. But, no, no, I saw progress. I did. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it was interesting that Brandon Harris got the start. I think they're in protection mode for Surratt because the offensive line is so inconsistent. They would open these gaping holes, and then they can't pass protect for anything. So, I, I don't know. I think it's protection mode for Surratt at this point. I was telling Chris over the weekend that um, Ramsey's, the, the mascot. <laughs> is that – Morgan, were you going to talk have, about that? No. I have so many issues with this. Okay. okay. So, Tar Heels, and what is your mascot? A ram. Right. It makes no sense to me. Well, you know what doesn't make sense is they have footage of Ramsey's. He can't move anywhere without kicking himself in his own junk. And there's footage of it. And I'm like, isn't that a symbol of this entire football season? Our mascot, our mascot kicking itself in the jewels. All right. Talking about kicking yourself on the jewels and getting back to sports. A weird stat for you real quick. There was more interception return yards than passing yards in that game. Oh, man. That, you tell me if you've not ever heard of that happening. Well, I'll tell you that in Virginia – who was Virginia playing last week? That was the case in the first half of Virginia games last week. Mm. It, it's bizarre. Um, I want to pivot completely because we got to <laughs> quit talking about animals' anatomy. Um, Bill Freeman's over there on – he's – Tearing the doggone leather off of his chair. Aaron Rodgers, did you see the hit this weekend? Yep, I did. Everybody saw it. There's a refrain that's coming down the pipe, and it's the same thing as Kelly Bryant where they're like, "Ah, maybe it was a little too hard on the tackle. You know, he wrapped him up and then he slammed him to the ground. It's football. Would, Would you suggest that they cuddle one another to the ground? I don't understand that. You already can't hit high. You can't lead with your helmet. In the NFL, you can't go below the knee on a quarterback. And now it's, well, if you wrap him up, you can't slam him to the ground. Come on, man. Where does this end? It's football, man. It's not tag football. People get hurt. Um, They're slowly trying to take that aspect out of the game, and they're wondering why their numbers are hurting. I don't think it has anything to do with kneeling. It's become just kind of a weak sauce game. You can't touch a quarterback. I mean, you think it's bad now, now that Rodgers is gone? They're they're in their think tank coming up with the reasons. Like, you may not be able to touch a quarterback next year. Put the red practice jersey on him, I guess. I don't I don't understand where the, the you know, sort of the next frontier with that is. You got uh, NBC Sports uh, writer Michael David Smith has an article out there. Aaron Rodgers' injury may usher in radical rules change. MDS, I hope you're wrong. That's scary, and and it's kind of crazy because I feel bad for these defensive players at this point, and you can see them starting to try to evolve, but you're trying to condition them or recondition them to play the game a different way than they have since they were five years old. Defensive players, that's what you're taught, hit with violence. And I heard something on the radio last night in the middle of the night as I was driving back from Greensboro, and they were talking about, well, it's obvious that he was trying to, you know, trying to hurt him. Well, was he trying to let him know he got hit? Of course. That's 
how football works. Yep. See, and I, I even saw the – I was watching the game when, uh, when it happened, and I've seen – a thousand more hits when they're driving the quarterbacks into the ground that were worse than that. And the way that Aaron Rodgers fell, I couldn't tell what he would have injured. It wasn't like he landed totally square where a few years ago a quarterback separated. It might have been Aaron Rodgers again a, a while back. But this one, it was nothing like you would have expected. So to see to say that that was a violent hit that he was trying to hurt Aaron Rodgers is just ludicrous. No, and I think that you need to to understand that there's a difference in professional sports and in life, frankly, between hurt and injured. You know, my left shoulder is a little sore this weekend because I'm old and I don't do things, so something as innocuous as dodgeball causes me pain. I'm not injured. I'm sore. I'm hurt. There's a difference. Yes, the tackle, you know, against Kelly Bryant was meant to hurt him, let you know I'm there, but not to injure. Here's what I'm afraid of is with the hits that are being called now, targeting, I think was a noble thing in the NCAA. And you've seen hits. Every one of us has seen it. I've done it. And I'm sure anybody that's played football has looked for that one slobber knocker where you got somebody that's coming blind and you see him and the thought that runs through your head is I'm going to knock his helmet off. And you want to hit him through then you drive right through him through the chest so hard that their helmet pops off and they're on the ground gasping for air. Anybody else guilty of that? No, I saw you rock a little kid off his feet this weekend <laughs> playing dodgeball. So I 100% believe what's everything you just said, Chris. And I think, I think to he was play like defense nine. at the highest levels, you have to think that way. I'm going to go right through this person. I do think that there was a shift when we stopped wrapping up tackling and it became let me lead with my shoulder and knock somebody down. And I think te- helmet technology has gotten so good that it's made players fearless. And what used to be spearing became commonplace, and they're just out there using their head as a weapon. We have to get away from that. Well, and uh, the other thing, Chris, is I used to play football when I was a kid. The one thing your coaches say, if you got to go through these plays, because when you start playing kind of scared tentatively, that's mm. exactly when you get hurt. That was exactly where I was going. Pound that up. That was my point, is if you start coming in and instead of I'm going to hit this opponent with everything I've got, you're like, I'm going to try and drag him to the ground. That's when you're going to get yourself hurt. Now, should players use the crown of their helmet to tackle? Absolutely not, and it should draw a flag every time. But when it's inadvertent, you have to realize these are world-class athletes moving a million miles an hour and if I come in and there's a little bit of movement at the end, there's a difference between an inadvertent helmet hitting somebody and you lining somebody up and trying to damage them with your helmet. The NCAA needs to get a grip on that. And the NFL need not have a knee-jerk reaction over Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Football's a rough game. Aaron Rodgers knows that. And I'm sure that he's not at home crying about his burrito being done. <laughs> there is the time goes off. Is that, is that the present? Yeah, is he back? Gosh. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American Patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. 
Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. We have one segment left in the first hour. So WDCC listeners, you can follow us on the web after the show ends. We promise that's where all the good stuff lives anyway. Yeah. Isn't that fair to say? No, it's on both sides. (laughs) Come on. It's wherever Brandon's talking. So you have to sort of fast forward and wherever you hear that Carolina twang, you know it's the good stuff. There you go. Dave Kaplan, you found something funny, to me anyway. Um, Tom Brady made some comments about the Aaron Rodgers injury. He said that sucks. That really sucks. (laughs) That's astute analysis by Tom Brady. It is. I think we ought to have him on the show. Yeah. I want Giselle to be on the show, frankly, oh, but Tom, can, he can Here, hang out in the cat, Well, she's honest cat, about cat, injuries, cat-ish. at least. Cat-ish. No, but she's honest about injuries. Tom Brady right. wouldn't give us any info. Hey, Let's man. have Giselle on there. She put him on She blast. has probably better knowledge about Tom Brady than Tom Brady. Yes, sir. Is there anybody here at the table that believes Tom Brady is legitimately upset about Aaron Rodgers being hurt? <laughs> I think no. as a human, yeah, you don't want to see a fellow competitor go down, but honestly, in the back of his mind, he's like, Psh, no. Okay, first of all, Tom Brady's not a human being. Tom Brady's a cyborg. <laughs> so your whole entire premise is blown up. So I don't know what you're talking about. But, no, Tom Brady wants to win one last Super Bowl before he rolls on out to, you know, assisted living. <laughs> said, yeah. And now he can mark the, the Packers off of his list of teams he has to worry about. I'm going to tell you one thing, and this is I'll, – I'll jump on the table over this. I'm going to tell you right now what this – Aaron Rodgers' injury means, in part, Brett Hundley will be the most sought-after quarterback this offseason, period. Write it down. Yep. Brett Hundley. Just like Matt Flynn. Well, not just like Matt Flynn, because Brett Hundley actually has some physical ability. (laughs) Brett Hundley, I loved this guy at UCLA. He's been sitting there behind Brett Favre. Or Brett Favre. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers. He's... Taking it back. It's it's interesting you say Brett Favre. Uh, there, here's an article. What says, did Brett Favre have to say about Aaron Rodgers? Injury? He says with Aaron Rodgers injured, Kaepernick, Romo, and Favre's name come up as options. No. Yeah, they already just they said that as a joke. It's not. There's no way he's 48. He's <laughs> well. Okay. I agree. I, I want to wrap this up with regard to the Aaron Rodgers injury. I, I fantasy owners go get Brett Hundley. Right. Stash him on your roster. I'm telling you, this kid's got amazing talent. He's in a quarterback-friendly offense. He's got great weapons around him. Brett Huntley's going to make himself a lot, a lot, a lot of money this year. He's been hanging out, hiding behind Aaron Rodgers on that bench. I've made it a point to go watch Green Bay preseason games for the last couple years because I wanted to see what he was all about. Brett Huntley's the real deal. He will be okay. Ignore that three-interception performance coming in in relief of Aaron Rodgers. With real reps, three or four weeks from now, Brett Huntley's going to be okay. It's going to be too late because Green Bay's season will be over by then. Matt Castle 2.0. Negative. Hey, just, I'm te- I'm te- Brett, I'm telling you, Brett Hundley, at one point when he was at UCLA, was a legitimate contender to be the number one pick in the draft. He fell off and kind of went into this abyss. I'm telling you right now, that kid has got real skills. So, but if he goes to Cleveland, he's I'm, not going to be successful. Eh, Dude, don't go to Cleveland. Joe Montana don't go to, Cleveland. Go to Cleveland is not going to be successful. Well, Joe Montana's like 70. Well, <laughs> true. Hey, check this out, though, about the injuries and some other things. 
Just look at what's happened to the NFL this year, okay? If you were to come out of video, with a video game, you might just have Beckham Jr. on the cover. He's gone. If you had a video game with a defensive player, J.J. Watt, gone. Aaron Rodgers, gone. We almost lost Fournette. And the best running back wears a midriff and can't stop hitting women. He's gone for the next six okay. games. Okay, well, look, you make an, ex- an interesting point. You had Leonard Fournette who dodged a bullet yesterday and may or may not be healthy for this weekend. J.J. Watt's out. Odell Beckham Jr.'s out. Was there anybody at any point crying about protecting guys in those positions? No. Nah. But Aaron Rodgers separates his shoulder, and now we want to change the entire way (laughs) NFL football is played. It's kind of dumb. Quit fooling with it. Guys get hurt in the NFL. That's just a fact of life. Now the owners sitting back that are paying these quarterbacks $25 million, like, ah, I got all this invested in there. Well, maybe you ought to think about how you structure those quarterbacks' contracts. Hey, do you think with the broken collarbone you can still do the discount discount double check? Or do you think there's too much pain involved? Every once in a while, you make you say something that really like makes me laugh <coughs> on the inside. It warms my soul. That was one of them. Good job. Morgan, who's your favorite NFL <laughs> team? My favorite NFL. See, that's the thing. I'm such a college person. And because I'm an NC State person, it's really bad. I'm always like, oh, San Diego when then they're in San Diego because Philip or I like the Jets when uh, oh gosh, Jericho Kotri was there. You know, that sort of thing. It's pretty bad. Okay, so I am going to make you an honorary Cincinnati Bengal fan. Well, oh, no. since you don't have a team, did you just say, oh, no? Yeah, why do you hate oh, her? Well, why do you hate her so much? You're Dude, already wait a minute, wait a minute. Trent Nichols, you didn't, you're not going to escape. What? Please give us your expert analysis <laughs> on the Giants-Broncos oh. game. Yesterday, All I can say is all I heard for however long the game was was whatever the Giants did with their offensive line, man, it's paying dividends. They're doing a great job. Oh, when they switched to having the head coach not calling the plays, they're doing a great job. Oh, when they started to run the ball a lot, they're doing a great job. Oh, when they got Ingram into the game plan, they're doing a great job. They didn't say nothing about the Broncos. The Broncos, the defense got beat, couldn't get to the quarterback, and they were getting blocked up front because the Giants had a great offensive line, and the other defense, the Giants' defense, was afraid of all getting suspended, and they played lights out. You know what? It's going to happen. An 0-5 team is going to come in and beat a 4-1 team every once in a while. Why did the Steelers come back and beat the Chiefs? Oh, wait a minute. Don't try to deflect. Nobody thought the Broncos were the top 10, you know, top 5 team in the league. Brandon Atkins. Usually, when we kick it to this dude to talk about the Broncos, he goes next level. And he's peeling it apart, and he's dropping trends, and he's talking about the guy that's nobody ever heard of. The only thing he left out was, what had happened is... What happened was... I mean... Oh, my God. That was lame. That's all that NBC said all night long. I don't care what NBC said. You're smarter than everybody at NBC. I know. Well, I just think, honestly, though, I think that because of the situation the Giants were in and everything that they've done and all their stars being down, they they had had that miracle thing that they came in there and this is what they needed to do. And they showed that they were professional football players and they could go in there and and they got it done. Plain and simple. The 
At the end of the day, that's where you should have started. Sorry. At the end of the day, nobody can explain the NFL. Like the top three in our power rankings and the in the ESPN power ranking teams lost. Why would you invoke ESPN in this room? Because I want to work for them. I mean, you, you look at that though. I mean, the Dolphins shouldn't have beat the Falcons. You know, the the Steelers they, should have gotten blown out by the Chiefs. There okay. is no rhyme or reason to think of anything. You know, are the Dolphins the worst three and two team in NFL history? No, but they might How end up being ten and six, like we I said, just by luck. Uh, no, right? Like there's no I, way I, they should. I have no idea what's going on. And Atlanta, I was flipping back and forth to that game. I had given up on it. Atlanta was trouncing them and came out of the locker room and was like, uh, I got dinner reservations. But, Chris, <laughs> if I told you the score of the Lions versus the Saints was 54 to 33, who would have scored what? Oh, I, I'm with you. I you watched know, I mean, it's game. just a crazy thing. It was absolutely bananas. Mm. Absolutely bananas. Don't you like parody, Chris? No. <laughs> I like dominant teams. No, you don't. Yes. No, you don't. In you college have, football, I, I like chaos. You like go ahead. Ca- so there you go. Chaos. You In like college chaos football, I like chaos because it would be so simple for college football to fix it. Morgan said it. She was on it. She's an NCAA football genius. She's like, hey, win your conference and continue into the playoffs. It's that simple. These guys overthink it, and they like the attention, even if it's negative attention. Okay. Well, if people are talking about the NCAA, that's good for the product. Shut up. Okay, well then, just get rid of the playoff then. Can I say that's why Go back I'm not to the last way. pro that much? Because I feel like they're playing for money, and they're showing off, and the rules never make sense when it comes to playoffs and things, and I don't know. In college, they're fighting for it. They're fighting to get into the NFL. They're not getting paid, all those sorts of things. Unless they're at Louisville. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about not making sense. Did y'all see that Jets play where they call back the touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's a touchdown or a catch anymore? I'm I'm, going to play the part. I was pretty sure when I was in the fifth grade, I knew what a catch was. (laughs) Now anymore. Back to Morgan's point, though, you guys blew right by that. You make an excellent point. And I think that's the appeal for a lot of folks is that, you know, college football, scholar athletes are fighting, there's pride, there's all the rest of this. You know, the NFL is is a little bit more, well, not a little bit more, it's a lot more mercenary. So people are, you know, they're going where the wind blows them. I think that's why college football is forever. You know, where the NFL, you know, the NFL's been on top for a while. But MLB was on top for a while. Then the NBA probably passed them all for a little while during the Jordan years. The NBA is right around the corner. The regular season starts this week. The NBA, I have never really truly been through an offseason like this where there's been as much attention on the NBA before. And (coughs) my wife even asked me the other day, she's like, what's going on with the NBA People, it's become year-round. And I was like, wow, you get it because that's what they're attempting to do. The NFL showed them the way. Create the combine and make it a thing. You know, make the draft into this big thing. Make the, you know, get your own network. Make these lists. Do all this so that it's a whole entertainment product. The NBA rolled it out, and I'm not sure that the NBA can't do a better job of looking at the at the NFL's model and say, hey, we can do it even better. I think what they did was is they 
looked at the um, science calendar and went through that and figured out how to um, the science no, almanac. But, I'm sorry. Seriously though, when was the last time I'm actually excited to watch the first game of the year for the Boston Celtics versus the Cavs? I've never said Me that. I, I don't pay attention to basketball until almost June. I would have been the first person to tell you that you can wake me up about three weeks before the playoffs start. Yep. And I'm like, wow, I really want to see, is this Thunder team really going to gel? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen? What kind of, you know, soap opera is it going to be in Houston with Harden and Paul fighting over the basketball? Which I did say, I wanted to mention this too. Harden and, uh, and Paul look like they're, becoming pretty good buddies. They were sitting right there in the front row of the Astros game, laughing and joking around on TV for everyone to see, and then went up up, up onto the box. You know, I, well, I think I they all have great TV chemistry. Playing Madden together, yeah. talking on the phone at the same time. Hmm. <laughs> Y'all missed that commercial, apparently. No, I, you didn't I saw have it. No idea what I'm saying. Thanks for, thanks for rolling in there with me. <laughs> there we go. All right, WDCC. We'll see you guys later. Head on over to the internet. You can find us in the iTunes store. WBLZ, folks, we got another hour to go. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome back to the second hour. You're listening on WBLC. Thanks. If you went through all the trouble to press two buttons and listen to it on iTunes, <laughs> thanks for that too. Uh, Five-star reviews, greatly appreciated, so hook that up. Um, Brandon, we've talked a lot in the last couple weeks about some of the hirings that the networks have executed. You know, Mike Vick is now on Fox Sports again. Tiki Barber found his way back into the booth. And there just doesn't seem to be any, I don't know, nothing is a disqualifier anymore. You know, we have this tolerance here in America and you can argue that it manifests itself all over the place. But there's a guy, Mark James, who is a talking head. And I'd never heard of this guy before Deadspin ran an article this past week. He's one of the talking heads there. He's one of their, one of their hosts. And he's been suspended by the network. And I wanted to go see what the, what the deal was. I went out there. And what happened was he got himself in trouble because he was texting a model that he had met and got pretty salty with her. Mm-hmm. And I read the entire transcript and I thought, this guy's a tool. Right. 
So I went and I started looking stuff up on YouTube and the rest of that, trying to find clips of, NA, of NESN. And he's all right. I'm mean, meh. And I thought about it. I said, I know a lot of people in TV and radio, not the least of which are the people sitting here with me, who are good and actually happen to be decent human beings. Why do we insist on putting these jackasses in front of a camera? I don't understand. I don't know. And I know where you're going with this, but I got to say one thing. Our friendship was tested last week. Trent, you don't know about this, but Chris keeps technology. Chris keeps calling me and going, dude, what's, do you not like me anymore? Oh my God. Do you not not like me? And is that what I said is you don't like me? And then he calls me later and I'm like, Hey dude, I tried to call you the weekend. And he's like, no, you didn't. I'm beginning to think you you just we're not boys anymore. I'm starting, and this goes on and on. And I'm like standing in front of him one day, texting him. He goes, "Your phone's broke," and he still doesn't believe me. He feels like I'm giving him the cold shoulder. And then he calls me one day, and I'm like, "Dude, I don't know what's going on. I've been to Verizon and stuff." He looks. He goes, "I blocked you on my phone." <laughs> it did. He pulled up in front of my office, and I walked outside, and he's like, "Dude, did you not get my text?" I was like, you didn't text me, man. Did you not get my phone calls? I'm like, Brandon, here's my history. You didn't call me. And he sends me a text while we're sitting there, and it doesn't come through. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? what's going on? So I send him a text back. It goes through. I said, dude, your phone is busted. <laughs> and later that evening, he sends me a message via Twitter, of all things. Hey, did you not get my messages? So I pull up, and I didn't even, I'm not going to lie. I'm sure Morgan knows how to do this. Do you know how to block a caller? The thing is, no, because I feel like I'm a 60-year-old woman. I'm sure I could dig and find how to do this. Well, I can show you now because I didn't know before. I pulled up his contact, and it had a little link there. It said, unblock this caller. And I was like, what? Ooh, I'm going right Hold now. up. Hold on. So it's, I'm, it's pretty easy to block thing. people. Brandon will tell you I am very guilty of butt-dialing people. I do it all the time. Apparently, I... But blocked him. Didn't. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I know, right? Hold on. Does Nedge have access to your phone? Do you think so she could be the culprit? She could be. She I'm, could be. All right. So what we're going to do here, since we have two actors, one that's very good and one that's not, we're going to hey, reenact. she is just fine. She's all right. <laughs> we're going to reenact the Twitter exchange or the, the, the text exchange between Mark James and Aubrey Labrie. This is brought to you. This is a this is a reenactment. The names have not been changed to protect the innocent, but I'm going to be interested to hear how this plays out. And you say I'm a great actor, and then I have to read this long text. So let's, not, <laughs> let's not get crazy, everybody. All right, get close up on the mic. We want to make sure that this is good. This is, I guess this is the From the Cheap Seats Players. And action. I'm going to be in Western Mass tonight. Let me know if you can meet up for a drink, coffee, or smoothie. I've got plans, but I hope you enjoy your time. I'll make sure next time to book an appointment in advance. I'll be honest, Mark. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I've been really busy with my work and school. I was hoping to network with you professionally when I gave you my contact, 
but I think we run in different circles and I'm not really sure getting drinks would be a good idea. Oh, poo. This is a long text exchange. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> Technology is not my friend. There we go. Did you block um, them? I did. Not really sure getting drinks would be a good idea. I really wish you all the best, though. I'll be honest, Alyssa. Oh, my God. I'm a network TV anchor and a nationally syndicated talk show host. The fact that you claim that you're, quote, busier than me is a joke and almost an insult. You have absolutely no clue or idea about my schedule. I was trying to make a connection. Good luck in that metropolitan of Northampton. No need to disingenuous patronize at the other end. Wow. That was really callous and inconsiderate of you, considering I generally meant what I said. You've been messaging me pretty incessantly and sending me photos and videos of yourself that I never asked for. I'm both fairly younger than you, in a relationship, and not knowledgeable or interested in sports in the slightest, and generally just was not interested in the way that you were pursuing my attention. I also found it pretty ridiculous that you quoted me as saying I was busier than you. I never once implied and was merely trying to express my disinterest in whatever pursuit you seem to be aiming for by testing texting me so repeatedly. I understand that your what your position is. You don't need to act like I'm being condescending by what I consider to be fairly polite and not at all disingenuous way to let someone down nicely. And I'm doing really well in my little metropolis of Northampton, so you don't need to try to put me down because I said no. Thank you. First of all, you didn't quote, let me down. Get off your high horse for a second. I was just trying to connect for a drink. You make it seem like I was pursuing you as if you were the Heisman Trophy. You were talking, amateur air quoting, modeling pics with some weirdo in downtown Northampton. Good luck in life. Well, you're an old guy from Boston <laughs> who apparently can't take a polite no with grace and courtesy and automatically assumes I'm trying to make myself out as better than you. You can get off your high horse if you think I'm such hot if you think you're such hot shit that you, <laughs> that you can borderline harass a girl you met on the street once when she clearly has been politely trying to tell you she's not interested. Drop the mic! <laughs> you seriously need a reality check if you don't think you're in the wrong. I'm 32. Very old. Crying emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 22-year-old 22-year-old you personally sought out on the street to talk to while I was trying to be friendly and professional. I didn't appreciate you sending me messages so incessantly and felt uncomfortable by the way you attempted to call me out on not responding when I simply did not think this was going anywhere. Okay then, stop effing texting me! Oh my 
congrats for a 32-year-old. I would assume you would be a bit more mature in taking very polite rejection. The fact that I genuinely wished you the best and you took it as rude. So sad. I was really hoping you could just understand where I was coming from and that I simply didn't feel comfortable with this continuing. I would assume you would do better than your Walmart peroxide dyed hair. <laughs> Goodbye and good riddance. And I would assume that at 32 years of age, you would have the maturity to take a simple and polite rejection from a girl you've met once who is a decade younger than you and has done nothing but be nice and act professionally with you. Stop! Good luck with your insecurities and your issues with rejection. I hope you get some help with that. Good luck in Northampton and your blossoming career. See you next time when you're ta taking pics in an alley. And maybe you could do better than stooping so low as to insult my appearance and mocking my profession. See you literally never because I couldn't care less about your little sports show. Network TV, you're blocked! Congrats, <laughs> LOL. No one I know has ever heard OU. That's a quote. I wouldn't have blocked you. I would have blocked you a lot sooner, but was attempting to be nice. Good luck with your attitude. A loser! Wow. You are the most childish 32-year-old I've ever met. Hope the next girl lets you down a little easier, so as a protect yourself fragile ego. Scene. Well done. Give him a round of applause. Very well done. So, Mark James picked himself. I haven't checked for any updates. Um, and I think I called her the wrong name. Alyssa Labrie was the young lady there. And and she showed good restraint. She showed good restraint. This guy. <laughs> the best part of this whole story is his explanation. We give all these athletes a hard time because anytime something comes down Twitter, what's the go-to? I was hacked. My account was hacked. My account was hacked. Look at mine died there. This gentleman says it wasn't him. Wasn't him. He doesn't what? have those tech. He doesn't have those texts on his phone. And that he was at a party, and some girl. He doesn't even say a name. Some girl is what he says. Had my phone. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Why? Why would he say defending himself? No, this is what I do and my show's national if it was just someone hacking your phone. Oh, he doesn't say it was hacked. He says it was a friend of his who was defending his honor. Aww. And, you know, and told him something to the effect, oh, there's some little girl trying to get in touch with you. And took control, took the wheel. Come on. It's Dude, a shame that That he's is a suspendable offense. Two things that jumped out to me, listening to that for the very first time. Number one, I cannot believe after the first text, this young lady doesn't just like block, like I'm out or ignore him. Yeah. But she goes on forever. I actually like her less. <laughs> the more I heard her go on and on and on, just drop it. 
And this, what's his name, Mark James? Yes. I can't even find him on Google, so he must and not I, be that. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I hate to let women down, but that's what I was thinking, too. She was very intelligent. I couldn't read the words. Just block him. That's right. Just. We'll continue with more analysis. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. We bid adieu to Morgan Piner. Appreciate her hanging out with us. And, uh, that was pretty cool, man, that she was able to pull that off. She's all self-conscious about it. She's like, hey, you guys played it up. I'm such a great actress. And then you gave me this script to read cold. <laughs> it's kind of what we do. Kind of what we do. Set you up like that. So here's my thing. Alyssa Labrie, the, the young lady that was involved there, I thought she handled it tactfully. Brandy, you thought she went on a little bit long. Well, I'm uh, just – let me take it from the old man's perspective. I'm just putting my, my daughter in her place. And you are an old man. Um, if I see something like that going on and she, like, say one of my daughters kept responding to this, essentially a creep, I'm kind of getting on her because I'm like, dude, you're just facilitating more and more and more. Just tell the guy to kick rocks, block him, move on. You don't even live in the same town. You know what I mean? Like, just block him, move on. See, but I think even though I think she did go on a little bit long. I think that she kept giving him a lot of rope to hang himself, you know, because right. he didn't respond well, well or get himself out of the hole. Well, that's my point. Like, is she that clueless? I mean, she was polite, but is she that clueless? My feeling was probably no. He, She was giving him the rope to, like, hang himself because obviously it's in the media, right? How did it get out here? Yeah. Well, she put it out there, and, you know, that does – automatically bring questions with it. So, you know, is it going to benefit her in some way? I don't know, man. This guy's obviously creepy. And the whole somebody else had my phone thing, come on, dude, really? We've we've heard that song and dance before. You're a knucklehead. And I don't – the question I have is in today's day and age, if Tiki Barber's on TV again and Michael Vick's on TV again – I mean, what's the threshold? I personally, if I see this guy on something, I'm going to be like, eh, click. I'm, I don't have time for your knuckleheadedness. It, and but like, is it a fireable it, offense, I think, is the question that's out there. My, my thing is, it's such a – I don't know if it's fireable. I don't think so. He's just a jerk. Jerky people work in the media all the time. Have you not seen any of the Chris Berman takes? Well, the Chris Berman takes, and, and that kind of is the next question – is at what point does your creepiness outweigh your talent level? There have been stories for years about Mike Tirico at parties at ESPN. No, like, not hey, Tirico. I'm Mike nah. Tirico. No way. And you know what? Frankly, if Mike Tirico steps to me, I'll probably give him my number. 
Mike Tirico's the best in the business. He is awesome. Mark James, not the best in the business. Well, if I can't, if you're in the news and I can't Google you and scroll down at least in the first three rows and see you, then it to me it's it's a nothing story. But I'm just telling you, women out there, all all you women out there, if a creep is like trying to hit you up, go ahead and say whatever you're gonna say. Go kick rocks, whatever that is, and then block them. Simple as that. Yeah, but I applaud her for coming forward and bringing it up. Because more people, I think, need to do that to keep everyone in check. You know, don't if, – if I'm that guy, I'm not going to try to use my power for evil. I'm going to keep it for the good. And women that feel like there's these creeps trying to take advantage of them, then speak up, man. Trent, I couldn't agree more. People should speak up and say, looks like you got your hair done at Walmart. I think they owe us a service to just go ahead and point it out. If it looks like you got your hair done at Walmart, Dude, nah, man. This is going south. No, but I'll tell you who just got bad, some bad news. Who um, got bad news? The Green Bay Packers. Uh-oh. And what's the news, pray tell? Teddy Bridgewater has been cleared for practice. Well, here's and, the question you have to ask yourself with regard to Bridgewater. And what, are they releasing him? Oh, no. Oh, see. Oh, no. No, Miami Vikings... The Miami Vikings. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Sorry, I just did some lines with what was his name out of Miami. Oh wow, Chris Forster. Um, Minnesota Vikings. They're four and two. They've won their last two, and they're getting, I think, a really good quarterback. Remember, Bridge uh, two years ago, Bridgewater was on the cusp of being in what second tier? Would you say quarterbacks in the league? I think that's fair. And you know, Sam Bradford. God bless his poor soul. Like, he can't stay on the field. He's made of glass. I don't think uh, the current quarterback, is it Kellen? Case Keenum. Case Case Keenum. Keenum. My boy from Houston. Case Keenum for the Miami Vikings. And see, but look what they've done with him now with Bridgewater coming back. I mean, it's like you were saying, I think, it's their division to lose. Well, yeah, and now with Rodgers being out, Detroit Lions just got – Boat raced by New Orleans. Okay, they're not doing anything. Boat raced, you said. Boat raced. Like Molly it. gagged or Molly, Molly, Molly whopped. Molly whopped. <laughs> well, speaking of Molly whops, we hadn't covered this. Um, Bruce Arena steps down as the head coach of the U.S. Men's National Soccer Team. Yep. Is that all? Well, listen, <laughs> listen. I applaud this. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arena in the aftermath was the guy that stood up and took accountability and said there had to be changes. And I'm not making light of this. I mean, Bruce Arena is, you know, a hallowed figure in American soccer history. However, he's part of the past. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have been brought back in. He was put into a bad situation that Jurgen Klinsmann left him. But Bruce Arena is not going to set the world on fire. Is he like the Dusty Baker of yes. USA? That's an excellent, you know, excellent, that's excellent how I analogy. Feel. So I don't know who's next, but I know that it requires a fresh start. And part of the problem the U.S. men's national team had, and if you've been living under a rock, they got knocked out of the World Cup last year, last week, which is an unmitigated disaster for American soccer on a lot of different levels, not the least of which America is vying for a host bid for World Cup moving down the road. 
this is something that will be held against them and it set American soccer back a long, 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 long time. Part of the problem has been the loyalty that the American soccer program, U.S. soccer, has had to some of these aging veterans who really have seen better days. It's time to reset the entire thing, blow the entire thing up. I totally agree. So this is a step in the right direction and good for Bruce Arena. I don't know how much pressure he was under from within the organization, but he needs to go and he needs to take every single executive from the chairman of the board all the way down, mm-hmm. and they need to blow this whole thing up. But, I mean, I, certainly nobody blames Arena. Like, I mean, he just got a bad situation. I mean, really, he had to have seen the writing on the wall. The U.S. team, men's team, after drop, dropping Klinsman, actually were doing pretty well. And I think the Klinsman, what do you want to call it, an experiment? I understand why they did it. I understand because basically, Trent, you're a big hockey guy, right? Mm-hmm. Do you like teams that just constantly dump the punk in and ch- chase it? I mean, over and over again, like those old Carolina Hurricanes teams. I mean, I know you got to dump the punk every once in a while, but if that's all your offense that you have, isn't that kind of a boring brand of hockey? Well, guess what? It doesn't work anymore. Right. So you got to move on or you're not going to move, but those guys don't survive. And that's the problem with the USA soccer is if they're going to do what they always did and they're too loyal to their old guys, I mean, when was the last time they didn't make the World Cup? Well, that's 86? 86. Actually, they were up there in the top. I know they were somewhere in the top 10 with the most, the longest record mm-hmm. of being in, I guess, consecutive uh, World Cups. And see, that's the other thing. If you're ever going to blow it up, you got to blow it up when we're not, we know we're not going. Yeah. And this is the perfect, as bad as this is, the only good that can come from it is this is the perfect time. Set the reset button. And I'll tell you that Christian Pulisic, uh, James and I talked about him a couple weeks ago. Christian Pulisic is a legitimate world class offensive player. We haven't had many of those come through the pipeline. I would look at that team and say, everybody other than Pulisic, you're going to have to earn your spot back onto this team. You blow it up. All of the promises that Klinsman made to these guys that were dual nationals that decided to commit to the U.S. and all the other things that he did, it's time to reset it. You know, let's let bygones be bygones. Bring Landon Donovan back into the fold. Landon Donovan and Klinsman, you know, they had their falling out and he got some distance. Donovan certainly not a, a you know player at this point. But let some of those new guys get their hands into the mix. And I don't know if the answer is Alexi Lawless, Taylor Twelman, those guys, but this new generation. But it's time to clean house. And that is the good that can come out of this, well, you, is that we don't have anything to lose because the U.S. Le- legitimately will not play a meaningful soccer game for two years. Well, you I was, you bring up Alexi Logless. I was going to ask, who do we bring into the fold? And I was going to make the joke, where what's Tab Ramos doing right now? You know what I mean? But those guys even, and I'm not saying Alexi Lawless doesn't know soccer, but the brand he's of soccer he played in the 90s is a completely different game for what we're trying to accomplish now. You know what I mean? That was literally through ball, no passing around, no control back then. We tried to find the through ball. Hopefully we get to beat one or two men shot on goal. That's all we had. It's kind of like dumping the puck, Trent. We had no – my kid played a soccer game this last week. And the team that they played, it was a thing of beauty. They passed back, passed around, controlled the field, basically wore our team out, chasing the ball around. 
and just methodically moved up the field. That is the beautiful game. What we were playing and Lexi Lawless was playing, that wasn't. That was pack it in on defense, send a through ball, and then pray to the soccer gods. Well, so, the, can, and the reason, though, that Alexi Lawless, when when they were when they were the guys, when they became America's sweethearts, they weren't talented enough. No. We've got world-class goalies, world-class defenders, world-class midfielders, where we've been lacking is in the final third. We've got to we've got to change our whole approach. You said this from the style of play to the way the team is chosen to the television deals that are negotiated, the whole thing needs to be blown up. The CONCACAF competitions are a joke, and they should be a vehicle where U.S. soccer uses those to build momentum. The CONCACAF Champions League, are you even familiar with what that is? I've heard you talk about it a lot. (coughs) It's the club championship for the United States and the entire region. It's not even broadcast on television. You have a chance to take a game who has this gigantic base of young supporters, throw that in and mix it up with national pride, and the fact that we're a melting pot here, so we have plenty of El Salvadoran nationals and Mexican nationals that live and work and and operate in America, it's the recipe for something enormous. And we don't even know how to we don't even know how to televise it. The MLS, when they committed to join the camp, the CONCACAF Champions League and be a part of this thing, were written a, a bill of goods by CONCACAF as to how they were going to market it. None of that has happened. This is the U.S. We know how to sell anything. We've got college softball on our cable networks because there's not enough sports programming, and we can't come up with a better solution. We'll talk a little bit more about that. we got half an hour to go. Thanks for hanging out from the Chiefs. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, so we're talking about U.S. soccer here on From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. One more time, thanks to Morgan Piner for coming by, and Diamond Dave, who came in and didn't even talk about golf. I guess the SAS championship was up in Cary this weekend. Congratulations, Colin Montgomery. They played that senior event up there. I'm sure it was a lot of fun. So, U.S. soccer, we're talking about it. It is the perfect time to blow it up. The guy, here's here's a name I want to throw out there, and I'm dead serious when I say this. The guy that I would like to see become the president of the board 
of U.S. soccer is Mark Cuban. There's a couple reasons for that. One, Mark Cuban is the consummate salesman. He's a great executive, and he has access to his own cable network. We can't figure out where we want to put soccer on the dial. The consumers, and I know because I'm one of them, we, we can't find it. That's not cool. That's part of what's killed NASCAR, by the way, is they can't settle on a network or when they're going to do anything and what's going to be at night. And now they've changed their product around. And, uh, you know, that and Confederate flags and all the other stuff going around and the fact that, the you know, Jimmy Johnson kind of ran the whole thing into the ground because nobody could beat him. NASCAR's dying. Soccer should absolutely be thriving. You know, Brandon Atkins, your every weekend in the summer and fall is dictated by soccer. Mm-hmm. There are millions of other parents, same thing out there. You go to any small community, you can bet your bottom dollar there's a soccer complex somewhere, and there are you know hundreds and thousands of kids out there playing. Give them soccer to consume, and they will consume it. Let me throw continue out a- to make it impossible for them to find it, and we'll continue to flounder. Let me throw out just a real quick theory, and y'all tell me if it's worth anything. Women's team has tons of success on the international level. Am I right or wrong? You are absolutely spot on. One of the things that I feel like happens is most kids, I don't know if y'all did, but I grew up playing soccer. I played all the way through until I went to college. Um, men, boys, men's have more options than women do. And I, let me put it to you this way. Not many women are built to play basketball as a sport, even though there's plenty of women that play at a really high level. No women really play any football. Baseball is really not an option. Who cares to t- tune into like a professional softball or a women's baseball? It's just not going to be there. So these athletes who start at a young age, and let me tell you, we play in a league in the triangle in Raleigh, and there are people from all over the country there because it's such a big job hub. They're bringing these girls from all over the country, and they're just lights out, better than I ever thought about being. But they can continue to play through a club level because it's a more it's a sport that they have continuous access to with no other competition. Where men, boys, you can go run, play baseball, basketball season, football season. And you start to lose that talent at an early age. And frankly, you have to go to certain parts of the country for people to really even care much about soccer because of how it translates on TV. People don't understand the, the game. But I feel like it's – give me any other reason how to explain, you know, all these other countries have probably had a century lead on us in terms of developing a love for the sport. Explain why our women are better – Versus our men globally. Well, I mean, I think you hit on a good point. But like when I was growing up playing soccer, if you wanted to be a professional baseball player, you could go home and watch it every day. Like you said, football the same way, basketball the same way. If you wanted to be a professional soccer player in the United States, there was no way to get paid for that. But I think the MLS and the United States are starting to change that reputation by expanding, by being around, and the popularity and tapping into that, where these MLS teams are selling out. 
I mean, people are going, people are watching these. And I think with a greater expansion of MLS, maybe even doing the, the relegating like they do out in the, uh, the Premier League and having more opportunity, more of that talent will stay in soccer. The other thing is the decline in football, kids playing football because of health reasons, stuff like that. Right. It can even build upon that too. Okay, Chris, here's I don't feel like I gave you fair um, props on your point, though. Mark Cuban, I think, is a really good choice. I feel like you do need maybe someone outside of the sport to determine the direction, more of a business person. Well, maybe the, the guy who's the head of the MLS, because, I mean, he's done a good job with growing the popularity of the MLS. I could not disagree more. Okay, because I don't. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, here's the thing with the MLS. The MLS has tried to do exactly what the NFL and the NBA has done. They haven't done anything out of the box. They've expanded in the same markets where they have all the same competition that every other startup league or expansion league has had. And I've said this a million times: the fact that you know New York has two teams, San Antonio has none. You want to have a successful MLS franchise? Put them in El Paso, Texas. You'll sell out every single night. I guarantee it. You look across the board, Rochester, New York. Rochester's had has been a mecca for soccer for years in the second division. Put a team there, Charleston Battery. But instead, we're just going to go back to the same old tried and true. Well, check out what North Carolina did. MLS came to the state of North Carolina about four months ago, I believe. Yes. Charlotte wouldn't even meet with them. The reason why that is... Is they the basketball team? They have a football team, and they're probably going to have a baseball team. Put them in Raleigh. That's the the it, best dude, thing that ever happened. Raleigh to the has kids. a professional, established soccer team. Why would MLS go reinvent the wheel? Suck up, Carolina FC. I, I it's retarded. Well, no, yeah, but I mean, they want to start a team from the about. ground up instead of absorbing a team that already exists. And at the same time, Raleigh is one of the contenders for one of the next rounds of expansion. Yeah, but I heard they were going to suck up that team. Oh, no. No, no, the no. Same no, with no, the no, no, Indy Fuel up in Indianapolis. No. Unless something has happened since, because North Carolina FC has actually been on the record and said, well, we kind of embrace it, I guess. We'll both coexist. It just doesn't make any sense. It does make sense because look at the type of people you have in Raleigh. Like I said, these guys are not from Hickory, okay? They're from all over the country because it's one of the fastest growing job hubs in the country. People are flocking here. So you have a different taste for sports coming into the area. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now, when Boston Whalers moved to ho- uh, hockey to Carolina, Hartford. I mean, Hartford Whalers, my bad. When Hartford moved to Carolina, I went, Psh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But it's the sole reason they did so well, because Raleigh desperately needed a pro team, and I think they could absorb two. But I think it was brilliant that everybody was getting down on Charlotte. Now we don't even want to meet with you. They just didn't want to compete with another city in their own state, which I think is smart. No, put them in Raleigh. I think they thrive. You know, you from surrounding areas, you know, if you live in the Piedmont, in the middle of the state, or the East Coast, to make it to a football game in Charlotte's tough. It's an all-day event. Give us some options around here. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I don't, I don't understand. But MLS has got their own 
struggles. Because yes, it has grown, but it's grown because it's inevitable. It hasn't grown because they've done anything outside of the box or done anything particularly well. The U.S. men's team and the MLS are sort of joined at the hip in terms of success. The women, you're asking, well, why has the women's team been so successful? Well, the women's team primarily has been successful because when young ladies look across the board and they're like, eh, what kind of athletic future is out there for me? They have very limited options. There is no baseball. Uh, basketball is a thing now, but there is no football. So the WNBA, which is a relatively new thing, you have that, you have sort of the Olympic-type sports. Other than that, if you want to play sports into adulthood, there's very limited things for you to do. So there's not as much pulling at our athletes. When you look at the U.S. men's national team, look at them in a bubble. From an athletic standpoint, when you look at sheer athleticism, every NFL team probably has 20 players on it that are more athletic than the most athletic of all of our U.S. national players. That may be an extreme statement, and some people may want to take me to task. Yes, there is some physical skill given there, but the bottom line with soccer players is speed and quickness. Everything else can be taught. And if we had these same kids, if LeBron James as a child was coming through the system, LeBron James would be one of the best soccer players in the world. Michael Jordan would have been one of the best soccer players on the planet. But the next level is the guys that we're not attracting. Can you imagine Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs if he played soccer and had been fostering those skills his entire life? That dude is a world-class athlete in terms of speed and quickness. He would be unstoppable. But that's not an option for these guys as they come through the pipeline because soccer isn't looked at by boys as a possibility as an end goal. They all want to play baseball or football or basketball, and there are a limited number that kind of come through the cracks. If you go into a high school campus somewhere, even a school that has a good soccer team, and you line those athletes up against the basketball and the football team, where are your better athletes going to be? I mean, it's indisputable. It's all because so we have of a, TV. We are shrinking our pool and these kids don't even recognize, hey, I could do this at the MLS level. I could go to Europe and make $50 million a year if I'm the next Cristiano Ronaldo. We have to sell the product. And U.S. soccer, from an infrastructure standpoint, is busted. From a media standpoint, is busted. And we have retarded the process of the growth of soccer in America. Last, last word, B. Well, I just don't think we love the sport enough as Americans, frankly. I mean, I love soccer. Ask your but, kids what their favorite sport is, folks. Okay, yeah. I mean, tennis and soccer in my household. But we just don't love it. How does a kid in a poor country playing, develop his skills with a tin can, can wrapped up in duct tape become one of the best players in the world? It's because they love it. It's They eat, breathe, sleep it. Us as a country, we're like, now, now, now. We expect that we're going to catch up a century, a century's worth of love of the sport by throwing some money on it, at it. It doesn't work like that. You know, I, that's one thing you can do. But I agree. you got to blow it up at this point. Nobody's really going to agree about who to bring in. You're going to see for the next two years, like all these debates about, oh, who should we bring? Oh, I don't like that guy, blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, we have to develop – a, you know, a national love of the sport or we'll just never be that good. Well, and that's why this is such an insanely 
big setback by not making the World Cup because I think we were making headway, but the U.S. team not making the World Cup is a disaster. True. But do you think that many people care, though, percentage-wise in the country? Percentage-wise. Probably not, but there's a lot. I mean, working in the Buffalo Wild Wings system during the World Cup, during the USA Games, there's nothing like it. It yep. is unbelievable. No, the people who love it really love it. I just don't think we, as a country, love it enough yet. What say you, Chris? I say that there was a meltdown on social media when the U.S. missed the World Cup. I, it is silly to say. Most of us that are sports fans love the NFL most. The NBA, college football, college basketball. There are five or six things that we love more than soccer. But I'm telling you that the kids that are coming through the pipeline now that are growing up, soccer is their game. We'll finish up on the other side. Thanks for hanging out. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. Final segment to From the Cheap Seats. If you have stuck it out this long, good on you. Give yourself a gold star. So Sunday night, fellas, I went to Greensboro and saw a band that I've been waiting literally for years to see. Um, it might surprise you to know that the Foo Fighters are a band that I really, really like. However, I live with a lady who loves those guys. Hmm. That's a huge fan. So we went, and this is, you know, we're old, so there's not a whole lot of firsts left that we get to share together. It was really cool to do that. Um, and I thought as I was sitting there, I said, you know, this is one of the last rock gods left, Dave Grohl. And Trent thinks that Dave Grohl killed Kurt Cobain. I disagree with him. Um, <laughs> we've had some fun with this in the past. But here's the thought on the way home, because it was about 2.30 in the morning by the time we got home. And Nedge was asleep, and as we were driving, it dawned on me. I was like, man, we're at a funny place in our history nationally. Donald Trump is president, who you know, is most known to a lot of folks for being a reality star. You've got politicians that are creeping up all over the place. Kid Rock now. Wants to run for the Senate. NC State winning games. It's NC crazy. State is on top of the ACC. Dwayne Johnson has been, you know, that it's been rumored. But I thought, why not Dave Grohl for president? I mean, who doesn't love the Foo Fighters? I mean, you've got a crossover in terms of age. You've got 
pop fans and rock fans. There's no rock fan that's out there that's like, Foo Fighters are sellout. And then there's no pop fans that are like, that's too heavy. They've just hit this magical formula. And I thought about it as I as I was thinking to myself here. I thought back to the concert. I went and it was predominantly 30 and 40 somethings. And it, there was a little awkwardness because as the show started, it wasn't kids. So it wasn't people out of their minds. It was people like, we're here to be entertained, rock us out. And Dave Girl got up after the first song. They opened with Run. And he looked out across the crowd and he said, I'm going to need everybody to get out of their seats. And 15,000 people at the Greensboro Coliseum stood up on command. And I was like, that's the kind of control. That's the kind of moxie that we need in the White House. How could it go badly? And then I started kind of cataloging things in my head. What are some of the issues that are you know biggest in the world right now? You know, Hillary Clinton told the world that she was most qualified to be president because she had visited so many countries in her time as first lady and secretary of state. Has she visited more countries than Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters? Surely not. Dave Grohl's never bombed anybody either. Right? That's he might have bombed early on, though. Yeah, so. That was lame. So, <laughs> what was his, uh, so he's campaign? got that. I mean, yeah. foreign affairs, he's been all over the place. He obviously understands economics because mm-hmm. he's a very wealthy man. Um, intellectual property rights are one of the hot is one of the hot button issues right now. With you know China stealing our technological information and ideas. Well, he's an artist, so intellectual property rights and laws and policies that's like in his wheelhouse. The opioid epidemic. We don't know if Dave Grohl's ever you know done heroin before. But he certainly has been surrounded by people that have. So he's really in tune. What and the his, part uh, that I like most about this guy is he's had real jobs in his life. What, so, would his, what would his campaigning slogan be? Something from nothing? or Something from nothing could be. Or how about there goes my hero? Or learn to fly. I like at there times goes like my hero. These, probably the better there one. goes my hero. At times like this? So times like the, oh, times like these. All right, so what I did in the last segment, I was half paying attention to you guys in the first <laughs> we half. We can tell. We are kind of yeah, like, Chris, come on, can you save us here for it, it, a well, turn, There's a it, good reason you that I turned did that. us loose on soccer, and I we're know, like, right? blah, 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 blah. <laughs> providing plenty of a student. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you parachute out of a soccer conversation, God. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> can you just kick me under the table so okay. I can be like, so, Brandon, how about? But it's worthwhile what happened. While y'all were babbling about soccer oh, and drowning. Thank you. I created a new a Twitter account. A new Twitter account. Here it is. Oh. And it's Dave Girl 2020. The Twitter handle is Girl2020. Nice. And I am going to make it my mission to provide daily reasons why Dave Grohl should be the next president of the United States of America. Interesting. This is a thing. I'm going to create some graphics and I'm going to put it up. But if you go, it's Grohl 2020, G-R-O-H-L 2020. I should have three or four followers right now before I leave the building. But um, Brandon, you may get thing. a new follower, dude. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> so three in three days. I want, I want to encourage everybody out there. This is the thing. And I don't have any reason to believe that Dave Grohl particularly wants to be president of the United States. But why not? 
I'm ser- I'm dead serious. See the problem. Why not? The problem that I'm having is because I don't dislike the Foo Fighters, but I don't love them enough to really. What I would really like to do is spend the next week reading and listening to all of their lyrics, and then I can jump on the bandwagon. Make that happen. Trina. I will. I'm Make going to. Happen. I'm gonna need Nedge to go ahead and turn the show off now because what I'm about to say it oh, might ruffle no. some feathers. Okay. Foo Fighters kind of win by default from that era because, you know, Chris Cornell, he passes away. We've lost almost all the good ones. Um, Eddie Vedder. Yeah, Eddie Vedder, he's out here. To, you know, I, to me, when who was he starting a tour with? I forget. what he, he stopped being original. I love their shows. I went to Lollapalooza in 92 and watched them. But I've never felt like Eddie Vedder was in that category. He's way too left. You know, yeah, see, he, his politics are too far to the left. Yes. So he couldn't be the guy. Plus, I mean, Eddie Vedder's a little crazy. I lost yeah. Pearl Jam. We had tickets. Me and my wife had never seen them. We had tickets when they were coming to Raleigh, and then we passed that stupid bathroom law, and they decided, no, we're not going to come. Yeah. And I just, my Pearl Jam when, love like, faded. Perry Farrell thinks that we'd make good, great pets for aliens. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pick a rock star from that era... It's got to be David Grohl, right? He's the only one left. I mean, seriously, they're all gone. Isn't that sad? It is crazy. I mean, you look at the talent that came through there. And here, the conversation Nedge and I were having last night, this has nothing to do with the Grohl 2020. Go follow it on Twitter. And it is a real thing. It really just happened. And these guys are looking to see if I'm making it up. But no, I'm following me right now. I already followed the show. And I'm gonna follow Carolina Blue five four two right there, and yes, another one, baby. Boom, and there's Trey Nichols. Boom, boom, followed. All right, so it is a real thing. So go find it. I mean, Lane Lane Staley gone, but dude. That, Scott I was gonna Weiland, on that, right? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're you're absolutely spot on. And I asked I asked my wife last night. Um, you know, is it fair to say at this point? that Foo Fighters have surpassed Nirvana in terms of total importance to music. And she was like, Smells Like Teen Spirit is the seminal song. And I agree. However, the guys that you were just running off, I feel like grunge was going to be what it was, whether Teen Spirit ever hit or not. Alice in Chains was an amazing band. Yep. Stone Temple Pilots was an amazing band. Soundgarden. Those bands were that it was coming. Nirvana wasn't doing anything new. All that Nirvana did was push it to the mainstream. They did. The and, music was there. It was going to be there like you and said. And it was a silly song with one hellacious drum opening and a great guitar riff and a crazy video. And a crazy video. Mm-hmm. But I think that everything that was coming behind, you know, behind that was coming. And I'm not a Nirvana hater. I do think that Nirvana's overrated. And when I look at them in the pantheon of grunge bands, I can think of half a dozen grunge bands I would rather listen to than Nirvana. And that's without putting any effort into it. So at this point, I don't even know that you can call the Foo Fighters Nirvana anymore. But I think Dave Grohl is one of the more amazing artists of our time. And the fact that he's completely transcended Nirvana and really hasn't really hasn't used that notoriety for anything. They don't play any Nirvana tunes. He doesn't talk that up. He doesn't invoke Kurt's name all the time. Look, Dave well, Grohl. Why can should pack- he if he's guilty? 
On one hand, if I'm he can trying get, to get Dave Grohl elected for to president, and you're trying to get him arrested. No. For, if he can get Adam Durant to uh, sign up as VP, I would be right there, buddy. Because the Counting Crows lead singer... I'm sorry, I may have lo- lost all my my man card, but that's my favorite band, right? There. Really, the Counting Crows. Yeah, you just lost your man card. Yeah, you did. Screaming, right. screaming trees for president. Screaming trees, <laughs> an underrated band. Underrated. Nearly lost you. That's one of my one of my favorite grunge tunes. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, the bands that I like better than Nirvana, uh, Alice in Chains is right oh, up yeah, there. Dude. One of my favorites. So good. Soundgarden. Um, <clears throat> we already said Pearl Jam. Yeah, I'll take Pearl Jam over Nirvana. Early and 90s. as important as Nirvana was, Pearl Jam, oh my God. They were, like, they were the biggest band in the world. They were the big rivals. You Absolutely. were either with Pearl Jam or with Nirvana. You didn't go together. But And, and as they came down later, a band that kind of came at it absolutely the wrong moment in time because grunge died about the time they should have was Candlebox. I love yeah. Candlebox. Yeah. Baby. So the, no, 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 everyone, me. everyone kind of left them far behind. Yeah, sing oh, that. Man. Sing some Candlebox. He just you you just were. Go ahead, Trent. Now maybe didn't mean you, but I did it anyway. Now maybe some would say your life is saving. That's, a, that's all I can take. Please yeah. pull the plug. Yeah. Oh, the plug. like you let me fall behind. <laughs> Sorry. This show's better when Trent performs. Everything's better than when, when, when oh, Trent performs. No. But I'm on board, man. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters? David Grohl for president. Dave Grohl for president. Grohl 2020. It's a new thing. There'll be content up there. And uh, if you agree that Dave Grohl should be president in 2020... Let's get his attention. Because why not? We're going to change Because why not? <laughs> and I, I like, and it you know just what? doesn't why matter. You asked, it just doesn't you, matter. You asked, <laughs> you asked why, what the tagline should be. That's it. Why, why not? not? Yep. Why not? Why not? And and I mean it. People. Now, I do, I do have to say this. And we need to do a little bit of, of outreach. Because this is the first concert I've gone to forever where I felt a little racist. Oh, okay. My wife may have been the only minority in the entire building. Mm-hmm. And that was bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. So we definitely need to, to, to do some outreach. and Spread that love. Well, you know, Adam Durant have, has uh, his hair. has. Uh... That's true. If you made it this far, two gold stars. Congratulations. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. This is Chris Lambert signing off. See ya! You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.